0: Well, well, well. It is the Wednesday after Christmas. I hope everyone has had an excellent holiday season and is prepping for their New Year's fits to ring in the New Year's looking hot as hell. We today are going to bring you a very special Patreon episode, a very juicy Patreon episode as a little treat for our regular episode So a few weeks ago, we released on Patreon a little deep dive on Prince William and Kate Middleton and their dating years, their courtship. It's titled Fight for This Love, and boy, was it a fight. We dig into how exactly Kate Middleton, just a cute girl at a posh school, was able to secure the bag with the heir to the throne of the British Empire. We discuss the shocking breakup That happened when William thought the relationship was too serious. And then the master game plan that Kate and Carol, her mother, hatched to get William running straight back into her arms. And finally, the romantic Kenyan proposal. So get ready for a story of love, a story of despair, but finally the triumph of Kate Middleton getting engaged to Prince William. So this was a Patreon episode, but as a special treat, we're releasing it today on the regular feed. So you all can get a taste of the Palace Papers deep dive we're doing on Patreon. This is part eight. So there are eight parts so far. Um, It's very long, this deep dive. So it's perfect for any sort of road trip or if you just want to listen to eight hours on The Royal Family. And then this week for our Patreon episode on Friday, we are going to have our Bledsoe sibling Q&A. So if you're interested in that, or interested in more of this world deep dive or all of our other stuff on Patreon, you can use the link in the show notes to sign up or otherwise you can just enjoy this episode today on the regular feed. Thanks everyone for listening and we will catch you in 2023. Love ya, bye. Well, well, well! I am here to bring you another stunning edition of *The Palace Papers* by Tina Brown, Chandler. Last week we left off, and these two youngster royals—they had what? They had met. You know, Carol had deftly gotten Kate in front of Will's eyes at St. Andrews. She'd left Uh her position at Edinburgh. (laughs) It sounds like a government position. Anyway, Carol had got Kate in front of Will, and then. Kate got in that sheer dress and really got Will's attention. Yeah, Kate and William had begun dating, cloaked under privacy thanks to their friends. They arrived separately at parties and left separately. They did not show any PDA. But by March 2004, the press was on to them. They were spied uh, on a ski lift, being a little bit more affectionate. And, you know, from then on, it was on, you could say. Are these ski lift photos still available publicly? I'm not sure. Probably. I'm going to look it up while you continue. Look them up. But keep going. So, okay. okay. So what happened? So Tina writes that the stakes were much higher for Kate now that the relationship with William was public. Kate had to balance widespread humiliation if William dumped her with the need to never push him too hard. Mm, Yeah. It's honestly, I just cannot imagine the pressure you would feel Like, especially trying to date someone who everyone else wants. Right. That is a special person who can handle that kind of intensity and scrutiny. Yeah. So Tina also writes that, you know, in their fourth year at St. Andrews, William was behaving like a pampered princeling. William could be flip and curt with her. He expected Kate to run after him. And the longer they knew each other, the more he seemed to keep her on a tight leash. Carol Mm. Middleton counseled Kate, give him space. On the weekends, Kate left the campus for Buckleberry and toiled away at her dissertation on Lewis Carroll. Uh, this is all kind of boring. I don't really care about Lewis Carroll. Um, I forget who Lewis Carroll even is. I don't know. I was like, I was like the the people who discovered like California. I was like, who are these people? <laughs> I also, have, I have the flu right now. So my brain is, is uh as you can tell by my slow speech, my brain is working at about a 30% capacity you're doing great um, you're doing great sis anyways you know who are those two people who like searched the the world lewis and oh lewis and carol okay lewis and carol oh. yes that's who i was thinking about but i'm like no this person's name is lewis carol <laughs> Which, i don't I know like, who this person <laughs> is <laughs> i was like you know for once i'm just gonna be humble and admit i don't know a historical figure who is lewis carol sounds like someone who wrote some christmas not, christmas stories
1: yeah I don't know.
0: Yeah, I feel good about admitting that now, okay, yeah, no, I don't know who this person is either i was I just always think about Lewis and Carol, two very different figures from two very different time points in time. anyways, <laughs> Kate wrote her dissertation <laughs> on want. it. We don't care. <laughs> absolutely not. Back to this saucy romance. so each time William felt restive with Kate, he quickly discovered that it wasn't as easy as it looked to replace her with the girls he thought he wanted. Or to find anyone he could trust as much as he trusted her. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Tina writes about a lot of these women who, you know, he dated. Any woman involved with William confronted constant issues of unequal status. The prince Mm. who had wanted to be just like everyone else would always inhabit two realities. We know this. Mm. You know, and so basically, I kind of get the impression that Kate and William were not exclusive. You know, like they they were doing that tricky thing where they're like dating, but they're not exclusive. Um, and mm-hmm. it sounds like Kate played it really cool because, sh- you know, she didn't really make him be exclusive until much later. Can I just interject and say that that is yeah. very much a lesson in rule that Shira sets down? Shira says, mirror the behavior, mirror the behavior. So mm-hmm. if a guy is treating you coolly, treat him coolly back.
1: You right, know, right. people
0: generally, when you, Pull, they push away, and so if you push, they might pull you toward them. Anyway, right, right. So, so they're kind of like dating, but not exclusive. And graduation day at St. Andrews comes. You know, the Middletons are advised to not talk to the royal family, uh, to not approach the Queen. Kate was not introduced to the Queen at that moment. Uh, okay. You know, they really have to like stand back. You know, and then William, after graduation he fully begins his, you know, role as training for the monarch, for the monarchy, excuse okay. me. So, you know, and Kate at this point decides that she needs to kind of get a, some kind of flimsy job that gives her a lot of flexibility so that she can be available when William wants her. Yeah, that's the tale all this time. I'm actually living here in PR. I know quite a few women who struggle with the same thing. They need to be able to be on their... Partners like vacation schedule and globe trotting yeah. schedule, um, but yeah. they also need to also like have their own cash flow, and it's quite the conundrum. It is, it is, and not everyone has you know party pieces to fall back on. I actually was talking to a friend recently and I was like, you know, it'd be really good for her, speaking about his girlfriend, if she like had a job, like I think that would give her self-esteem, like she's very young, she's like 24 or whatever. And he was like, that's just not going to work for our lifestyle for her to have a job. (laughs) It's Hilarious. Okay. What would that be like? What would that be like? Can you even imagine? No, I can't. Okay. No, I can't. We continue. So the press is relentless with Kate. She was hounded when she left her apartment in ways reminiscent of, you know, harassment of lady Diana. Tina writes that at the benign end, she was photographed putting out trash at her apartment. Headlines like been there, done that. The Williams girl mucks in hilarious. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, as she would walk through Paddington station or the airport, photographers would often yell, bitch, whore, slag. Really? Just to get a rise out of her. They would yell those things. You know, it's just, it's a lot. And like, It's already, I think, being in an early relationship, even with a non-prince, just a guy you really like can be such a mind f you know, as you're trying to like get the guy to like you and potentially commit and all of that. Like that is already such an intense process. To layer onto that him being the future king of England that everyone else wants and also the press just completely going after you, Kate Middleton is a bona fide saint. Right, right. No, and she put up with it all. I mean, the the house next door to her parents' flat was being renovated, and she discovered uh, that workers on the scaffolding, you know, at the place next to her were being paid to pass information on to the paparazzi. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, It's just, like, insane. And just to really draw the Venn diagram between her and Diana, she received no official palace help to fend off the photographers and TV crews. Really? You know, only if she were a fiancé would she get support. The way this family chooses to not provide support is just a little baffling, honestly. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the Queen's pension fund or whatever, whatever the fund the royal fund, I know it's not a pension fund. I'm sure whatever it is, they're rich enough to be able to provide some A tutorials and B security and C help. Very right. strange. It's like literally one of this family's toxic traits um apparently william though did arrange for a panic button to the local police station to be installed in her apartment kind of like she works at a bank just kind of nice (laughs) you're kidding me no no but like that just feels like i don't know that feels like a last resort it feels even scarier it's like hey we we can't really give you any sort of like live protection or security but here's a knife for when you're getting attacked and maybe here's a youtube video on how to like stab back You know, moving on though to lighter effects of, you know, Kate being hounded by the press, Uh, let's talk about her wardrobe and how people were obsessed with it. What she wore had an impact. The Kate effect, Tina writes, could send a 40 pound monochrome print Topshop shift or a pair of Penelope Chilvers tassel boots flying out of the stores. One thing I want to say about Tina, I feel like sometimes she writes like this is never going to be read aloud. And I think it would just do her a lot of good to just, like, write a sentence and then maybe read it aloud. Um, That's Mm. all. That's just a quick aside. But anyways, Kate rarely dressed in anything that the British public couldn't afford, and she presented as the perfectly pitched girlfriend from the manor next door in fresh, swingy high street dresses, cropped blazers, and short skirts. The only suggestion of parental money in the background was a seemingly inexhaustible collection of longchamp bags, uh, which I think are kind of ugly. So there it is. Yeah. I mean, who had good style in 2003 or whenever this was? It's true. Not all of us. We all look back and have regrets, okay? Okay. So, you know, not only was she being hounded for her style and everything, she also, you know, continued to get negative press for her lack of serious job. You know, it's reported that the queen thought that Kate should, quote, get a real job or an attachment to a high-profile charity. I would love for the record, an attachment to a high profile charity as my real job. That that sounds great. There is honestly no bigger flex than being like, Oh, I'm on the board at the modern right. museum of art or whatever. Right. Like, like that's my job. The Metropolitan Museum of Art. Yeah. I'm I'm one I'm on their donor, you know, lunch committee. Gosh, right. that is the dream. So, you know, also the Queen was not happy because William and Kate were partying a lot. And oh, really? You know, this isn't this is during the economic collapse of two thousand eight. And, you know, William and Kate were seen leaving a club, I think, by the name of Bougie's. It's a Kensington <laughs> hotspot for the loaded. Okay. And, you know, where Dom Perignon was marked up to, you know, three hundred and sixty pounds a bottle. It's a lot of money. It's mm. a lot of cash. And yes. Yeah, so, Palace sources were briefed that the queen was acutely aware that Prince William's public image could suffer if his girlfriend were not recognized as a working professional in her own right. Oh my gosh. This is just the games we have to play. Honestly. I know. I mean, it feels a little bit like this podcast where it's not really seen as a real job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's because it's definitely not a real job, but yeah, it's continue. Not. <laughs> the queen would definitely think that we were, you know, just literally oh my like gosh. bullshitting around. Oh, I mean, we wouldn't even be on the table, Chandler. They would be like right. uh, Lauren and Chandler of the Unknown Pop Apologist podcast. Like, get out of here. Get out of the sitting room. Bring me a real right. contender. Literally. Yeah. That we don't want any American trash in Kensington <laughs> Palace. Uh, Her Majesty apparently thought she was a nice enough girl. Also was total zinger, but had no idea <laughs> what she actually did. <laughs> oh my gosh who yeah. cares Liz isn't Liz I from know. the generation where women like barely were even taught how to read like I'm right. shocked like remember what's her name the queen consort Camilla what's her name Camilla, Camilla literally her, her education was like after she learned to read it was like flower ranging and like right. learning oh, the yeah, art yeah. of conversation yes. you know yes and like dinner parties it's a strangely like girl boss mentality for yes. Liz to have had Right. Well, no, no, no. But it's all about the optics. It's like we need you to look like you are like high minded and that you have like, you know, all these other pursuits. Ambitions and stuff. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm looking at some pictures of them leaving nightclubs in these early times. And man, they were just so cute and little and hot and young royals. To have had that experience would just be incredible. Seriously. But Kate did eventually start working at a business called Jigsaw. Not really sure what it means. Okay. But she told her prospective boss that, quote, she needed an element of flexibility to continue the relationship with a very high-profile man in a life that she couldn't dictate. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Which they apparently gave her. Oh, really? Well, I mean, wouldn't you be like, "Uh, yes, you can work here as long as you give me the tea, baby. Pour the tea. You can take as much time off as you need. Right. A very high-profile man. Lol. Yeah, lol yeah but kate you know continues on and about two months before her 25th birthday rumors of a palace engagement announcement were burning up the media Woolworth supermarkets had even commissioned a series of william and kate engagement souvenirs In a thrillingly public show of commitment william had invited kate and her parents along with the queen prince charles and camilla to a significant milestone event in his life this was his like uh passing out ceremony um I don't really know what it means. Something from the military. But basically, you know, it was a big deal that Kate and her family were invited to this. Okay. But at this point, I still, I still don't even think they're exclusive. But they're like, you know, dating. But, you know, Kate is actually caught by like lip readers saying, uh, I love his uniform. It's so sexy. It's so, so sexy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That's hot. Right. She doesn't actually strike me as like that horny of a girl. So that's good to know. There's some spice there. <laughs> Yeah, there certainly is. You know, and while we're on the subject, at six foot three, the heir to the throne looked spectacularly dashing in his crisp dark blue uniform, white gloves, and red sash. He was carrying a rifle and a bayonet that established his 30 strong platoon, part of Blenheim Company, had won the honor of carrying the Queen's banner during the parade. Anyways, I don't really care about the second part of that sentence. It's mainly the <laughs> six foot three dark blue uniform. I will say it. The amount of self-control and impulse control and emotional sovereignty, this woman, self-possession, this woman needed to have in order to handle dating William, especially at the height of his hotness. It defies, it just really defies description. And it's so impressive to me because I would have not been able to handle it. Right, right. Well, buckle in because she's about to uh, play it a lot cooler. William invites her to the Queen's annual Christmas party at Sandringham, Um, but Kate, reflecting the confident mood, maintained her resolve that she would not go to such a significant royal family gathering unless she had a ring on her finger. Really? Mm -hmm. She declined and William met her decision with silence. Kate retreated to Scotland to stay with her parents. Also just sounds like more fun, honestly. Uh, They had rented a house for the holidays and William was expected to come up there to spend New Year's with Kate. All right? And get this, Lauren. Okay, he doesn't show. <gasps> no. Yeah. So they both iced each other out during the holidays because of this. Oh my gosh. Okay, these people are a little dramatic, which I love. Yeah. I love, I love that Kate played it cool and like declined his invite, and then I love that he threw a little bit of a fit and was like, "Well, fine, I'm not coming to your thing either." They're just right. like us. They're petty and immature. Literally. And emotionally manipulative. Royals, they're just like us. Just like us. So in Kate's absence, William had taken the opportunity for a heart-to-heart with his father and the queen. In an ironic re-scripting of the scene between Charles and Prince Philip in 1981, when Philip told him that his dithering over Diana was damaging her reputation, Charles thought it was unfair to expose Kate to so much press harassment until engagement was imminent. It is an understatement also. Wait, hold on. So basically they're like... Put up or shut up, dude. Don't put her through all this if she's not the one. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, right? Extremely interesting. I love that. It's good advice. Okay, so what happens? You know, it is an understatement to say that the queen was skittish about any marriage that might fail. So badly had she wanted William to be sure he had the right woman that she had reversed every traditional rule of royal romantic engagement. Now, this is where very interesting because I also noticed this. You know, she lent them cottages to Tristan, allowing them to live together before marriage at St. Andrews, even permitting them to stay together at Clarence House. You know, the queen really let them behave like married mm. adults before, you know, they were because she wanted to make sure that this union was right. And so she yeah. also favored waiting. You know, I think that the reality is, is that if Kate and William got a divorce, I think the British help book would be like, fuck this family. Like seriously, seriously, right, right. like the one yeah. union that has been pure and good and solid. All you guys are supposed to do is just like, give us a model of like living a good, like wholesome life. And all you do is fuck around. Like, I honestly right, think literally. there would be blood in the streets. And so I get Liz's fears. Yeah, totally. I love it. When you call the queen Liz, <laughs> it's a new, <laughs> like thing. she's just one of the girlies. <laughs> So, you know, in March of that next year, Kate and William holidayed uneasily together in Zermatt, but they just didn't look quite as happy. They looked bored with each other. And, you know, it didn't need to be pointed out, although the press did, that William was fast losing his cool factor as well as his hair and turning into his dad. Mm. Man, the British press is just truly unkind about basically everything, but especially looks. Okay, so William, the bloom is fading off the rose. Yeah, right. And, you know, William, I guess, was allegedly complaining and he said, all the fun has gone. I don't want to be nailed down. You know, they had sort of settled into this sort of partnership and... He wasn't ready to commit. And Kate was very frustrated because she felt like their relationship was just, you know, going backwards uh, instead of forwards. Okay. So he basically says, I met this girl right away in college and I need to sow some oats before I commit for life. Right. Right. That I would not suffer that gladly if I were Kate. No, no. And honestly, then William breaks up with her <gasps> via phone. So Stop. by April... He calls Kate while she's at work, you know, at Jigsaw, the whatever that is. Um, she's doing, doing a ton her of work at Jigsaw. Right. Uh, he drops the breakup bomb. And, Fuck. you know, she excused herself from a meeting and paced her on the parking lot for an hour long heart to heart that left her in pieces. And Kate did what she always did, though. And she fled to Bucklebury. Uh, and Jigsaw, once again, gave her compassionately. leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, just like, it's fake company can you imagine being one of her coworkers fake and being like oh seriously this bitch is here she's here right. for one hour a month and now she's gone again not even to be right, with her high profile right. man but instead to you know like and have emotional time off like I would have raked her over the coals when oh, she wasn't no. spilling the tea with me literally literally so fast but you know who steps in to really save the day oh carol 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 takes charge she whisked kate off on a trip to a friend's art show in dublin uh you know she a new job in addition to her jigsaw job was created for her to be compiling and editing catalogs for party pieces oh i'm sorry to tell you but nothing would be more depressing than a prince breaking up with me and then going (laughs) and working for my parents talk about falling from great heights In addition to all the great work she was doing for Jigsaw and Party Pieces, another part of this strategy was to get a lot of hot photos taken of herself. Literally, it's like it's the hot it's the thirst traps on Instagram, this version of it in that day. So, you know, Carol made sure that she went Dressed on holiday. With, yeah, she says. So here this is a quote from Tina. A comeback strategy was devised whose outlines are summarized by Stephanie Marsh were two. Recuperate on holiday with your ex's Former girlfriends He will admire your lack of jealousy and feel paranoid About what it is you could be talking about Revise your views on press intrusion Get yourself photographed doing all of the above As often as possible Wait let, wait. I feel like we need to rewind What is the playbook here She needs to hang out with his Ex-girlfriends in public mm-hmm. looking hot mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah And what does that say to him So this says to him, "What what could they be talking about? Are they talking about me? Are they talking about how I'm balding?" Um, and another part of this, <laughs> another part of this strategy is Pippa. Mm, okay, so, you know, Carol dispatches Pippa to you know hit the town with Kate uh, to the mm. vibes of girls just want to have fun yeah. to William's discomfort. Tina writes. He saw pictures of Kate leaving their old nocturnal haunts late at night in thigh-high skirts. There was even a hint of retaliatory feminist edge when she signed up for an all-women dragon boat crew named the Sisterhood for a 21-mile paddle across the English Channel to raise money for children's charities. I don't really understand how <laughs> this has this has a retaliatory feminist edge. It's it's actually hilarious because I've now I've read this chapter twice and I've also listened to it. And I still don't understand what it, how it's super feminist for her to just, like, be in an all-women's, like, boat the crew that, like, raises money for charity. And somehow that's retaliatory. Yeah. And Tina even says, it was a little less edgy when you drilled down. Her fellow rowers included a model, a fashion buyer, a real estate consultant, and a hedge funder. But, you know, I guess this was too, this was too edgy, as we'll soon see. But, uh... It soon started to dawn on William that his ex was as much of a catch as he was. Beautiful, self-assured, and embossed, now with a royal sheen, Kate could have become the wife of a duke or a billionaire in a high grove minute. Okay. So basically, with the milieu she was surrounding herself with, he knew that she could potentially get snapped up by someone maybe who is also high profile, but who isn't constrained by right. the basically imprisonment of royal life. Yeah. Yeah. And you know who else comes to Kate's rescue? Who? Harry. Harry. <gasps> he was a major Kate ally. He referred to her as the big sister he never had. Wow. And so he told William, you know, to reconsider. Uh, and sure enough, William was soon begging to have her back. She held mm-hmm. out, though, because, you know, she's a real tough bitch. Uh, And she savored his contrition before finally accepting an invitation to the end of training Povington camp party that was entitled Freakin' Naughty. Um, Yes, I'm not making these things up. This is literally, the the Brits are so horny. So the prince invites her to like a Halloween costume party called Freakin' Naughty or what? I don't understand. It doesn't even say Halloween. It's just an end of training camp costume party. Mm. It's called Freakin' Naughty. Um, She dresses then as a sexy nurse, and according to reports, the heir to the throne was said to have followed her around all night like a lost puppy, wearing the uh, lame getup of hot pants and a policeman's helmet. Soon, Kate's Audi was spotted purring back and forth from Clarence's house. Yeah, and just like that, they were back on. You know, it really is such a – I mean, Masterclass is sponsoring this podcast, not the Patreon, though, so – we're not going right. to do a plug, but it is such a master class in getting your ex back or making them jealous. Mm-hmm. And really every woman has this at her disposal with her Instagram account. Just right. look hot, look like you're living your best life, hang out with their exes. Actually, that part is a little weird in my opinion. I think you can just look like you're having fun. I don't think you need to like hang out with their exes. What's not natural about hanging out with your exes <laughs> Exes and then taking photos together. Like, can you imagine like going out with one of your like exes, exes and saying, "Do you mind if we take a photo together?" And then putting <laughs> it on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, it's just like literally that actually reads as like so transparently psycho bitch <laughs> to me. Like, like gloom- immediately posting it. <laughs> having the best time oh nothing could say i'm still so obsessed with you as (laughs) here i am with your ex-girlfriend after you broke up with me (laughs) like i wouldn't want to get back together with that girl i'd want to get a restraining order against her (laughs) it worked though lauren It, it worked i mean carol has a few tricks up her sleeve i clearly do not yeah you don't um but back to the whole feminist dragon boat thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the retaliatory boat ride. That, feminist. Ugh. <laughs> Let me just read that sentence again. Tina writes there was even a hint of retaliatory feminist edge when she signed up with an all women <laughs> dragon boat crew named the Sisterhood. Retaliatory feminist edge. Just wanting to participate <laughs> in a water sport. Oh, what a retalious feminist bish. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Okay. Did you see the text message that Kagan sent me that I posted on Instagram about Clean Simple Eats? He said, SOS, we are out of the chocolate flavor of Clean Simple Eats, which, by the way, I really didn't know that we could get it for free. So I've been paying full price and just ordering because I literally am a paying customer of this company. Clean Simple Eats, everyone, is the purveyor of the best protein powder on the planet. can we just say we've had some people get converted to the religion of clean symbol eats and they have messaged us saying you were right. It is so delicious. It will make milk taste like chocolate milk if you get the brownie batter. Or, you know, I love to put oh. the vanilla in a fruit smoothie. You just you can't go wrong. You can't mess it up either, I would say. You- it is so good. Someone texts me. They're like, does it have a weird aftertaste? I'm like, no, this, this is Clean is- Simple Eats. It tastes like melted ice cream, just mixed in cold water. And it's made from clean, grass-fed, perfect ingredients. Mm-hmm. What yeah. more do you people want? What more do you want? this world? What more do you want? Yeah, I don't know. Clean Simple Eats.com, everyone. Go try the vanilla, try the chocolate. Use our code Apologist for 10% off. We love the sponsor. I'll be drinking Clean Simple Eats on my deathbed. I hope so. All right, you guys, a quick announcement. We are running in March a $500 shopping spree giveaway. Very exciting. And to enter, all you have to do is recommend the podcast on your Instagram stories tag us and include a link for your followers to easily tap and listen to your favorite mm-hmm. episode of the podcast mm-hmm. we ask that you only do this if you would actually share the pod you know with your friends on your story you know this is this is a giveaway um, of authenticity if you will um, <laughs> we also ask in that same spirit that you don't <laughs> mention that it's a giveaway exactly please share the pod share it on your stories get the word out spread the good word of pop apologies make sure to tag us we'll see it we'll respond that you're entered and then we're going to pick one person at random and they'll win $500 to go to town with so enter this month in March you guys shopping spree giveaway so they're back together um and by August the palace called time on the whole dragon boat escapade (laughs) the palace called what called time which I think means that they put a kibosh on it I don't even know what that means. Like, what does that mean? She did a rowing. She's not. Thing. She wasn't allowed to do it. She wasn't allowed to participate. She'd been training. They said she couldn't do it. It was too oh, feminist because it's undignified. <laughs> That's a little Yolanda Hadid. That's a little Yolanda I know. Hadid. It's I know. A, they're like, it's it's a little lesbian girlfriend. No, Literally. not happening. It's a little retaliatory feminist butch, and we're not doing um, that. Not in this house. Instead, I guess it. Well, and they said it was because of security fears. Ah, oh, sure. Yeah. So the palace said, no, 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 you can't do your dragon boat bullshit. Um, Too (laughs) feminist. (laughs) And you know what this means? This edict from the palace meant that Kate now unofficially, but kind of officially, belonged to William again. The palace was controlling her life. The way this woman just thrives, you know, being, I guess, maneuvered by courtiers, she really was born to be queen. Oh, and she loved it. You know, instead of, you know, being with the Dragon Boat crew, she was then spotted paddling on a kayak with the heir to the throne in the balmy waters of the Indian Ocean. William booked a $750 a night bungalow at a luxury resort in the Seychelles. And years later, I don't even know when they began dating, but this is, you know, years after at this bungalow, he gave her the promise of commitment she'd craved. In return, though, Lauren, she would wait another three years till he finished his military training, and she must be seen to have a real job. So that's this is not them getting engaged. This is just him committing to her. Okay, wait. So now the playbook is they're back together, but he mm-hmm. has three years of mili- military training ahead of him before they could even get engaged, and yeah, she has yeah. to, I guess, get a better career than whatever bullshit right. she's doing at Jigsaw you know, or jigsaw Party once Pieces. A month. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's just, it's just a little absurd. Let this woman sit on a board of a charity and let her just hang out with Will. Right. And Tina doesn't really give us many details in those three years. Mm. Instead, she kind of cuts to the juice and she says in October 2010, on a return trip to Kenya, William and Kate stole away to a secluded cabin in the foothills and made their love official. He slipped his mother's sapphire and diamond engagement ring on Kate's finger. He said this was his way of keeping his mother sort of close to it all, which is what he said in an engagement interview. (sighs) Wow. I mean, what a journey this woman went on. What a war she fought. Yeah. Tina also really doesn't give us very much, you know, what happens between him committing to her in the Seychelles, or I don't really know if I'm saying that right, but between, you know, him committing to her and then the engagement. It's just three years passed, and then he made it official. Mm. I mean, clearly, Tina just doesn't have any juice on that time, because I think she I know, would she divulge. Not. Um, this woman does not mince words and she also doesn't mince arbitrary layers of meaning on, you know, random sporting events or random acts. Like Tina, if she had it for us, she would tell it to us. She might even tell us something, right? Whackadoodle, you know, a a -a whackadoodle comment in regards to it. But no, I guess there's not much to know. Um, so that's unfortunate, but it's great. Okay. They're engaged. Kate won. Kate won the war. Your words exactly. Kate had won by observing every old-fashioned rule of courtship, patience, resilience, and giving her man the space he needed a playbook that had brought the wholesome middle-class girl from Bucklebury to the brink of the British throne for William. It was an admission of what he'd always known. The rawness, rage, and confusion he had suffered since his mother's death were soothed by something old-fashioned and rare in his fiance, her constancy. Kate had the healing gene he craved. Wow. Okay, that is pretty. Sweet. That is very tender, quite lyric prose. Bravo, Tina. So I watched their engagement interview. Have you you've mm. seen it recently? Maybe. Oh, yeah, Guess I have no. actually. Yeah, it's very sweet. Like, you know, the William is clearly very at ease. He's with the funny, press, right? I feel like he's funny, and Kate's a little bit nervous, and I think that's very charming. They, they're at ease with each other. Yeah. But, you know, I think that it's kind of sweet to see her joy I think at you know having made it to that moment she is just so demure and even mm-hmm. to this day she's very very sweet and like soft-spoken she almost was like if the patriarchy was like writing about the perfect woman I feel like like it would be Kate Middleton like she's just so incredibly so, like so happy to be in her supportive role so happy to never express an opinion just very demure very soft-spoken I mean, she really is born for the role she is in. Totally. Absolutely. She absolutely is. And you know what, Lauren? She got to relish in that moment at her bachelorette party. All right? You want to hear how this went down? Yes, I do. It was a small karaoke bachelorette party. You know, no, no doubt a bit debaucherous. Hosted by Pippa and some of her old school friends. And she grabbed the mic and with unusual spontaneity sang her heart out to a particular song called Fight for This Love. Would you like me to play it for you? I actually would love to hear this song. I had never heard this song before, but you know, and I don't think you have either, but it's called Fight for This Love by Cheryl Cole. But it might become our new Pop Apologist theme song. Hmm. Maybe. We'll see. just to the Isn't that pretty sweet that's actually quite the cathartic anthem for this very long-suffering bride honestly when i read it in the book i was like this is cheesy as fuck." um but then when i listened to it i was like this is pretty sweet it's cute it's very sweet very apt yeah. as well oh my gosh so you know now we kind of get into the royal wedding do you want to hear about it momentarily Yes, Chandler, yes. I would like to hear about the royal okay. wedding, please. You know, this wedding was a huge deal, but it from the sounds of it and from the way Tina writes about it, it was not a highly dramatic event. Like the mm. most drama that, that Tina writes about is that the Middletons rented out all the rooms at the hotel that the queen usually rented out for like her guests. Like that was one of the biggest skerfuffles. So I'll just give you some of the highlights. Okay, Her dress was designed by Sarah Burton of Alexander McQueen, uh, and it was a flawless expression of new regal confidence. The tight bodice and peak shoulders gave her the medieval look of a latter-day Queen Guinevere. There was no high fashion updo for the bride's hair. She wanted to keep her long, glossy tresses loose so that William would recognize her, she said. That is sweet. Pretty cute. I mean, she looked completely flawless. Like, her look was just absolutely breathtaking. That dress, I mean lace long sleeves I don't know if anyone wore lace long sleeves before then no, I'm sure they did what I mean by that is like it just seemed like this had been done for the first time right right the way it fit her so impeccably I am still completely my breath is taken away by the vision of Kate on her wedding day right right no she broke the mold but you know Tina has the last laugh because she says that you know in the last win of the sister contest it was Pippa who broke the internet In a dangerously Mm. tight, ivory satin maid of honor sheath dress that hugged her much-touted derrier. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, you would not let me wear something that hugged my (laughs) much-touted derrier. And, you know, and that's going to be something I'll have sadness about for the rest of my life. We can talk (laughs) about the bridesmaid dress drama during the wedding recap. You just, you won't let me be Pippa. Sorry. And I would say I'm going to maybe have a better ass than Pippa. But Uh, let's just say there's been a journey of the bridesmaid dresses. And I tried to give everyone the ass dress they wanted, but it wasn't to be. (laughs) It's actually that's very true. I yeah, I want to be able to eat, drink and be merry. um, And I don't want to be wearing something super tight. You know, do you think that this bothered Kate that there was so much kerfuffle over Pippa's butt? Yes. Yes. That's actually so annoying. Yeah. But it's annoying that I asked that question. No, no, no. It's No, no, no. I'm just like, yeah, I think it would be annoying. Yeah, it probably would be annoying. I mean, I don't want to be petty, but I mean, who am I? I'm myself and I am petty. Like that would piss me off. I think also just on a global scale too, that it like it broke the internet. And honestly, Tina's not wrong. I do think though, all that to say, at least it wasn't like Kate's look wasn't met with a complete just kind of like wah wah like megan's was like megan's wedding dress was like straight out of david's bridle it really was like ultimately offensive to the public and i think that everyone was so taken aback by how beautiful kate looked so it couldn't it shouldn't have hurt too much it didn't take away from kate too much but you know would it have killed pippa to wear something with a little bit more give i mean honestly honestly honestly. Also, I will say though that the one major mishap was her second dress, which really also looked like a David's Bridal off the rack dress. the weird furry cardigan. The cap sleeve furry cardigan Uh just gave me a lot of like, you know, cover your shoulders PTSD from her upbringing. It looks like Mormon wedding in the winter vibes. Like Mormon girls, you guys, like when we were Mormon or we were growing up, like you to wear most dresses, you had to like wear one of those little shrugs with it because almost everything wasn't calf sleeve. And that was right. a big thing. You couldn't show your shoulders, especially at church. And so, yeah, I just, I had a lot of those little shawls, little, and I just can't imagine wearing one to my wedding day. Anyway, this is a me thing. On a Kate thing. <laughs> once again, once again, this is a you thing. Um, let's let's move on though to a few more details about their wedding. They okay. decided to get married at Westminster Abbey, uh, and the Queen was thrilled about this decision. That was where she had her own wedding. Um, and St. Paul's Cathedral, which was the, the other option, had the unhappy association of Charles and Diana. Mm,
1: so yeah. they chose
0: that, you know, to forge a new path. Yeah, I was going to say, honestly, that blue ring is beautiful, but there's some history there. It wouldn't have been my choice if I had been William. Yeah. Another little bit of details is that William, or excuse me, Harry's and William's bond was touching and clear during the wedding. Never had the two seemed more united in private understanding the pain of the past, the burden of duty, the scrutiny of press. They had shared it all. The motto on the badge of the Black Irish Guard's forage cap that William wore on the way to Westminster Abbey spoke as much to their unique fraternal bond as to the military honor code. Uh, It's some word in Latin, but what it says is, who shall separate us? Very sweet. Wow. Uh, well, it's just a good reminder that, you know, no relationship yeah. is so great that it can't be brought down by a really hot 36-year-old suits <laughs> actress. Okay? Right. So true. <laughs> um, but for the queen, the ro- wedding day brought a special satisfaction. This new 29-year-old granddaughter-in-law, the future queen consort, was unlike the child bride Diana. Road tested in resilience as well as royal life. Yeah. She really was, you know, she really was and continues to be just so incredibly admirable, you know, it's just kind of a boring thing right. to talk about. Like, ugh. but really, when it comes to fulfilling this role, she really proved herself in so many ways. Yes, it's true. She fought for that love. She did. And so did Carol. And a tear gathered in Carol's eye when she saw the transcendent vision of her daughter at the great door of Westminster Abbey on her proud father's arm. Kate, like Camilla, had made it into the winner's enclosure. Pretty cute. It is, I will say, Carol deserves some sort of medal of honor as well for keeping her daughter on the right track and helping her close the deal, helping her be strategic, giving her estates to, you know, mourn on during times of trouble. Carol really pulled out all the stops and is probably equally responsible for this union absolutely absolutely the whole it was a whole family effort the entire family deserved something you know and finally uh yeah. waiting for at the altar William bit his lip in a manner reminiscent of his mother you look beautiful babe he told her when he beheld her up close dear familiar face wow and that's the end of the chapter she did her own makeup on her wedding day did you know that no I didn't I love that yeah, she 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 took makeup lessons and did her own makeup on her wedding day wow yes and looked r- absolutely radiant and totally. i just i think that this is a couple that again they're like a tim and faith for me like serious there'll be serious problems if this couple ever yes. tells us they're irretrievably broken okay agreed agreed um but for now let's relish in their union not being disillusioned Dis- not be- not having a dissolution yes they seem to be holding strong thank god Thank God. Chandler, you did an exquisite job. Thank you so much for leading us through that once again. Of course. You guys, thank you so much. Or is there anything else we want to talk about? No. No, I think that's great. You guys, thank you so much for being Patreones. Just remember when you share this episode on your stories with the link to the Patreon, you'll be entered to win our giveaway, two entries for a Patreon share on your stories. Don't forget to tag us. And truly thank you for being Patreon subscribers. You keep this pod alive. Yes. Thank you all. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks.